Freedom is the cure. Exercise your rights. Get out there and handle your business and don't worry about other people's business. That that's nothing. There is nothing more important right now than that. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Nixon, and my goal of this podcast is to bring on leaders in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, and just life in general to try and motivate us all to be better. We shouldn't strive to be millionaires in terms of money, but by the millions of lives that we can impact. If you want to be a guest or have a guest idea that you would like to hear from, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you like this episode. Then head over to our social media and give us a follow on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast, Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1, Facebook at Roughnecks Podcast. And then don't forget to subscribe to the Roughnecks YouTube channel as well. As always, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Let's get into this week's episode. everybody this is episode 54 of the roughnecks podcast this is an episode that is recorded well in advance because it worked out with schedules and my guests who are with me today they have very busy schedules so i'm very happy that i can finally get them on but this episode comes out right in the middle of what will be our fall sale so be sure to make a little purchase some roughnecks merch every little bit is used to help support this podcast to make this podcast better so just know that your money's going to something good. It's not necessarily going to me. It is just going to buy more equipment for the podcast. So I appreciate any of the purchases you guys make. That sale is open from Sunday to Saturday. Yeah, the 2nd, October 2nd is open until October 2nd. But joining me today, I have a double guest episode, which is, I believe is yet to be done other than when I have my co-host. But I have a double guest. Welcome to Roughnecks Podcast, Butch and Bull of Risky Business. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Good. Thanks for having us. I I really appreciate you guys coming on. I know you guys got a crazy schedule. You guys are stuck in what, Portland right now? Uh, You just kind of, you guys have, or always have something going on, especially this is busy season with what you guys got going on. So I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to record with me. Absolutely. Yeah, we we would have been in uh, we would have been in Reno today if they did the wildfires didn't cancel our show there in Nevada. So I saw on I watched the Smiths and I I was and I watched your guys YouTube channel and I was looking at what Granger was saying about like how the haze that you guys had in California when you guys were yeah. out there that was yeah, just it was crazy bad. yeah it, like it seemed like no one even like really cared it was just like yep that that happens yeah yeah I I think it's you know. There was a few people there that were like, yeah, this is pretty bad, you know, compared to when they normally got wildfires. But, uh, you know, I guess Reno right now is pretty choked out. Like the air quality is even worse than it was in Susanville there in California. Really? Yeah. So to kick off all my episodes, I love my guests to give a little background on who they are. So tell the Roughnecks listeners who don't know who you are, who you guys are. Okay. Well, I'm Bull. I, I am a transportation manager bus driver for granger smith um 
I was in the 82nd Airborne for four years in the 90s, uh, from Michigan originally. And See, uh, I don't know how I feel about that though, because I'm from Ohio. So <laughs> yeah, hey man, yeah, I had We've to bring our, it up at least once. <laughs> yeah, our lighting guy, man, me and him, we just go back and forth because he's he's from Columbus, so it's even worse. And I'm from Ann Arbor. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad actually works for um, works for the University of Michigan for the football team. So really? in athletics, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we, we've done, you know, I've taken Sean, our light guy, on tours and stuff. And he, you know, then as soon as we leave there, shit's on us about it. <laughs> I have heard, though, their stadium is one of the really, it's a really nice stadium. It's oh, really yeah. Cool stadium. yeah. I've never it's, heard it's anything really cool. bad about that stadium. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I, don't have, I don't have a dog in that fight, but I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got his, got his hogs in the fight because he's an Arkansas fella. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I'm Butch. I drive the band bus, band and crew uh, for Granger. And the goons. I drive the goons around. And uh, before that, I was from Arkansas originally. And uh, that's basically it. I'm just, just a guy. Just a fellow that I found <laughs> and hired to, to drive a bus. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you guys go well together, though. It's almost like you guys are really good friends from what I've seen from your guys' uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, we, get, we get along pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I met him. He was, uh, he owned a vape shop in the town that I lived in, and, and he lived there, too. Uh, but I would go in and get juice for our vape, you know, my, my vape, and... He said he was getting ready to close down because the government was about to tax tax him to death. So he was shutting it down and going to get a CDL. And I said, well, we're going to be looking for a truck driver at some point. So once you get a little time behind the wheel, uh, give me a holler. And then it just worked out that we ended up getting a different truck driver and needed a bus driver. So he had just jumped in a bus and learned. That's, so we've only known each other, what, four years? about five years so but yeah it's rare to find somebody that you can get along with all the time mm, yeah. you know we we get at our we get you know when the stuff's breaking down and stuff we'll get on each other yeah yeah that's what i look at like my best friend we grew up we've known each other our entire lives our parents are best friends and like we get like we're like brothers sometimes where we right. literally argue like brothers but then like you know we'll go through spells where we don't talk to each other but then like we can pick right back up and be perfectly fine we just yeah, yeah. it's 100 percent like brothers yeah yeah we'll, we'll get into where like i think something's wrong and he thinks something's wrong and we both think each other is stupid for thinking <laughs> this one's wrong or this one wrong and then we just got to walk away and then we yeah. come back like Okay, which one of us was right? <laughs> and sometimes it's probably neither. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mo most of the time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times we've already replaced a bunch of parts before. We're like, wow, that was a simple fix. If we'd have done it right the first time. Yeah. So first thing I want to say on this podcast, I want to thank you, Bull, for your uh, service. This month, actually, I have topics on my podcast, and this month is actually sacrificed in honor of the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And I just wanted to say thank you for your service. I really do appreciate it because in a world today and with things that we got going on right now, it's almost underappreciated. So I am one of those people. I was raised that way and I will always stand by that. I really thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now, Butch, I got a question for you, though. Yeah. 
and it was off of the popular YouTube series that Granger had with restoring the truck, which you guys spent a lot of time doing. I got to ask you, what do you think's going on with the world right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is sure enough gone bananas. Uh, we, we've went off the rails for sure. Yeah. That is for we, sure. It's uh, just start leaving people uh, behind. We're, we're, we've just negotiating with terrorists. Yeah, negotiating with terrorists. We're just, uh, we're a laughing stock right now. Yeah. yeah which I never thought would be something that in my lifetime that I'd see. No. But going off the Earl Dibble's truck, Junior, truck restore, you guys spent a lot of time. That's where I actually first found you guys. And I think that's, I'm going to assume where a lot of people that didn't know of you guys found you guys originally. But I got to ask one question first, which you guys probably do not have an answer to, and it's okay. But do we have a time frame on when this truck's going to actually be finished? Yes, we do. Um, I just got it. It's coming out in our new episode, uh, which would be, what's this Sunday? Uh, uh, the, I have no idea. Here, let me. I don't want to get the date wrong here. Uh, the 29th. Or wait. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, <laughs> that, the 29th. This month. <laughs> uh, it's coming out uh, September 5th, our new episode on Risky Business with Butch and Bull. Um, I give a look. I, I went to the shop that's working on it. Got a little update. Uh, we're lo- we're looking at about mid October, and I always got to assume it's going to be a couple weeks after. You know, so I'm thinking first of November ish. Okay, I think there's a we'll, lot of people we'll, out there itching to know that answer. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it back, and we still got to put headlights in it, and you know, a few things once we get all about it's put together, and and there's been. Uh, you know, there's been a few issues as far as they buy brand new bedsides and they're just Chinese garbage. Mm-hmm. So they're sending them back and then they've got to use the ones that we have and make them, you know, so it's just taking a little more time because they got to do a bunch of body work on them. Now. Yeah. Ridiculous. The holes be two inches off. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's always something when you're working on a truck, though. There's always something yeah. that goes never goes smoothly. I've noticed that with my car that I just actually had to go work on today right after work i had a flat tire and was like great and i had another cracked rim which i've had <laughs> cracked three times so yeah yep. always my dad gives me crap because i'm a ford guy and he's like you know they circle the problem on the front emblem right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah but so i want to talk a little bit about that process of the truck rebuild you guys yeah. started that when covid hit i believe and it almost seemed like granger was just kind of giving you guys something to do and it just turned into it worked out well for him it made him content so is yeah. that why you guys started it? Did Granger just one day finally, you know what, let's let's just work on this truck? Well, uh, yeah, originally he said, hey, let's just get it started, you know, because it sat for six years, you know, it had moss growing out of it. And uh, yeah, he said, do you think you can get it started? <laughs> we said, sure. And uh, we got it started, but it had a blown head gasket. And then once you, you know, it's like, yeah, we can replace that. And then it just snowballed till we took it down to the frame. Yeah, once we got the engine pulled out of it, we were like, well, why not just go all the way? Yeah, nothing was changing with the with the world no. that we, we figured it'd no. give us something to do. No end in sight. We needed something to do. It still yeah. seems like there's not an end in sight at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, at least we're still out doing shows now, though. Yeah, 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 yeah that is true. Yeah, that it's, was tough. You know, it, it, it was fun being home for a year, you know, and, and – I had a baby. Well, I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby. Um, uh, like 
a week before they shut down everything. So I was actually, I was fortunate that I was home for a year and a half really before mm-hmm. uh, I had to start taking off on him because in this business, if we're gone 300 days a year. He wouldn't know who I was right now. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things I was going to talk about on this episode too, is like the sacrifice you guys make being tour bus drivers. Like you guys get pulled away from your families a lot. So like talk a little bit about that and handling that and how it can be a little bit of a struggle, but at the same time, it's just the way of it, that your life. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest part of it is, you know, your wife, you know, my wife, she just knows that this is the business and she's been dealing with it for 15 years. You know, I've been with Granger for seven, but I was in the music business, you know, five years before that. So, you know, it really depends on the person that you're with, you know, how they handle it. Because if you get out here on the road and she's, you know, nagging you and crying, complaining and, you know, calling and you thinking you're out doing bad stuff. And, you know, that gets, that'll just eat you, eat away at you. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're like, I got to get out of this business or get rid of my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is, man. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, my, my wife's a nurse, so she's, you know, gone doing nurse things half the time anyway. So it just kind of worked out. I, and I waited till you know, my kids were grown before I ever got into transportation of any kind. Uh, and, it, and I waited till I was damn near dead to have a child. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we talked a little bit. You guys have been working on that truck, but you guys, your mechanic skills have been put to a test a lot lately, it seems like, with those buses that you guys have had. How often do you normally have breakdowns? Is this like a normal thing, or has this kind of just been a little more than normal? Yeah, this this last couple months has been way more than normal. Um, We usually go a few, you know, a few weeks stretches without major problems. We've had to have roadside and like take it somewhere to be fixed way more times in the last two months than we have in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, you just had to- Attributed to being all free. Yeah, Yep. That makes sense. I never actually We would have had new ones. We would have had new ones by now if if 2020 didn't cripple the industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have that, I mean, you just flew back out you guys just flew back out there to pick up a bus didn't you because you guys had to basically fly home because it was stranded there me and chris were talking about that last night when we recorded you guys had to fly back out and pick up a bus yeah i i ended up leaving mine in denver for three weeks to get work done i drove home uh from denver to uh texas and then uh we did like two shows while i was home with one of our other buses and a semi truck because my trailer was still with the bus in Denver. So, uh, yeah, then I flew back once we got it. And when I got there, then there was something else wrong with it. So, you know, it was just, it's like deflating when you get there, you're like, all right, everything's going to work out good. It's, they fixed it. It's good. And then we had no AC, no flushing toilets, you know? And so it's like, everything just, leads to another problem there's always it's always something that's what i always say anytime i got something gone wrong with any of the vehicles i've ever had there's always something right and while i'm zigzagging around the country he's zigzagging around the other part of the country making up for the fact that we don't have you know two buses and two trailers and uh and then taking his to springfield missouri to get a motor put in his 
and then using our third bus to just logistics, man. And then flying back, getting his bus and then bringing it back home and then taking off immediately all while he was moving into a new house. Yeah. Yeah. I told my wife yesterday, this is the first day. Yesterday was first day that I've had time to sleep in a long time. And you know why? Because he dropped his bus off to get fixed in Portland. (laughs) So there's nothing out there to worry about. He just can just chill out and not have to clean, fix, you know, do anything, wash. That's one of the things I was going to ask you too, is like your guys' shifts driving. Like how long do you drive before you guys have to like take a break? Essentially. I know there's probably, I think there's laws with it and whatnot, but how long do you normally drive before you have to take a break? We, we have 10, we can drive 10 hours a day legally. And we don't need that. We don't need that trucker break. Yeah. We don't have to take a break. We can drive the straight 10 hours. We normally go half of the half the way of the trip. Like I say, it's a 400 mile trip. We'll normally go 200 miles, stop, refuel, take a break for a minute, and then go on. Or get a corn dog. Get a corn dog. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> Truck stop living. Spill your fries in the floor. Yeah. Whatever, you know, those kind of things. That's yeah. what I always, my girlfriend gives me crap. She's like, I swear you live off gas station food because I work construction and I put in fiberglass pools, but it's just like, I am always like, just stop. We stop at the gas station every morning and I just grab yeah. something to eat real quick. And she's yeah, like, I swear you live off of it. And I'm like, I mean, if I'm fine, I'm fine throughout the day. So I just do what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. But do what you got to do, that's it. So you guys have multiple bus drivers too, don't you? Like you guys kind of, you take your, sometimes there's long trips. What's the longest trip that you've actually taken? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the longest I've driven straight, don't tell the DOT, was 1,400 miles <laughs> in a bus. Uh, I went from what, uh, this was before Butch when we just had one bus. Um, I went from Bradenton, Florida, back to Texas, which Bradenton, south of uh, Tampa. Um, but like, you know, our legal limit is right around 650 miles, you know, before we run out of our 10 hours. Um, but I mean, we've done, in 2019, when we rolled, when the truck rolled, I don't know if you ever saw that footage. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. The, we had done uh, 9,000 miles in 11 days. Oof. We went coast to coast to coast and then back almost all the way to Baltimore and, and uh, our truck driver rolled the truck. We still made that show that night, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, we went coast to coast, uh, you know, four trips consecutively in 11 days. We were rolling at that point. And yeah. It's a good thing that the bus is held up because we wouldn't have been able to make those shows. No, we were doing like six, six days in a six shows in a row and not actually getting days off. We had just drive day, drive day, drive day, drive day. And recaps the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think it, I don't remember if it was Granger that said it or something. You like talked about, yeah, you guys can go see Butch and Bull at the bus until a certain time, but then they got to go take a nap, yeah, and basically yeah. get some sleep before they got to leave. Because you guys leave normally, do you guys normally leave right after the show or is it a little bit after? Uh, we come back to the venue an hour and a half after the show, and that gives us a half hour to do our stuff before we take off. So we are rolling two hours after Granger runs off stage or when. Earl runs off stage. <laughs> yeah, we, me and Chris talked about that last night. Those are not the same people. You cannot. Yeah, right. get, they're they're two right. different people. 
Yep. If you've seen them interview each other, you'll know this. Exactly. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I wanted to also like people don't realize that they some people might just think you guys just get in the bus and drive. And that's not what it is, because I was watching a video where, you know, you and Chris are on the phone talking about all the like trying to manage like, all right, yeah, we can make this show and this like we have to leave at this time. There's a lot of logistics that go into it behind that. Yeah. So there's a lot behind the scenes. How much of that goes into it on top of what you guys already do? Well, I think, I think uh, a good, I mean, it depends. If it's just a normal scheduling and nothing breaks down, Chris usually has the time just about right. He adds about an hour and a half for incidentals or, uh, you know, uh, fuel stops, things like that. But when we break down, that's when the whole thing comes crumbling down and we have to start doing math and figuring out what we can do, how we're gonna get there, all that. But that that's on breakdowns. But our normal our normal days, we rarely have to adjust a time. Like sometimes I'll be like, hey, why are we leave why are we gonna get there at 6 30 in the morning? Why don't we just leave a little later so we can get some sleep? Yeah. You know, and we'll change the roll time. But uh, we would just work together with Chris on that. It's pretty straightforward the days we don't have issues. Uh, it's planned out pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing it for a long time as far as, I mean, this whole group's been together. I think the Butch has been here the least amount of time and he's been here dang near, uh, you know, mm -hmm. four years. So, uh, you know, I think everybody else has been in here since, I don't know, seven to nine years uh, with Granger, this whole group. Yeah, you guys have been through like the whole come up of Granger because Granger's been on a big come up, and that's like, it, you guys seem like one big family too. I think that like you guys, I mean, yeah, like you guys said, even you guys will butt heads, but like, you guys all seem like one big family in a way. Yeah, and it is just like just like a real family. We we get in arguments. We'll not talk to each other for days on end. You know, depending on who we're mad at or you know what happened, but. You know, you know, yeah, uh, you have to when you're crammed in a bus together. For, for yeah, that's on that's end. one of the things in college that I learned, because like when you're in a dorm, yeah, you're going to have arguments with your roommates. But event, yeah. at the end of the day, you live with them and you're in close right. quarters. There's no really getting away from them. Yeah, so. yeah you, got, you, you really got to get over it with by the end of the night, yeah. because, you know. Once, you know, once we sleep, we usually get over any kind of nonsense that, mm -hmm. that a lot of our uh our anger and anxiety and everything comes from, it's not the breakdown itself. It's not what's happening in the moment. It's what it's creating for the next two, three days. Cause we know we're going to end up with no sleep for the next two, three days, trying to catch up with everything until we get a day off and have everything fixed where we can actually say, okay. So that's, that's the, yeah, that's, that's what gets us. It's the days right after something mm -hmm terrible happens with the buses and we ended up driving or staying awake for 36 hours to get where we needed to be because we had a 15 hour breakdown on the way uh, which took a whole sleep day out of our schedule exactly yeah so and we try our best to say okay well we can make it but we have to let you know that if we get tired we're shutting her down yeah and they understand that you know and I mean, they understand it's we, safer we for them it. at the same time. Like you don't, uh, yeah. yeah. So, but all those bus drivers, one, yeah. I'm sorry. We haven't missed one yet. 
that you better knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we haven't, have we? Whatever you actually, do, just don't don't miss that Grand Rapids one because that's the concert that I'm actually that's going one to. Of, <laughs> that's one of our favorite venues. Yeah, the intersection is awesome. We love it. Um, it's just a it's it's a I don't know what you would it's a club, but it's big. Like yeah, you know, yeah, and the stage is big. Our parking's decent. It's kind of hard to get up in there with the trailers and stuff. So we got to back up a weird spot, but. We love it there. And plus, that's my home state. So I usually end up seeing friends and family and stuff up there. So we'll be there as long as long as that governor doesn't shut stuff yeah, down. That's <laughs> true. That's what we I've heard that governor's a little tough up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My parents still live in Ann Arbor. So, hey, I hear all about it. <laughs> I was told to ask, though, from you know, you guys have these crazy breakdowns and stuff. What is the craziest like breakdown accident? Cause I know you guys, you've hit a deer. It's in your intro to your risky business stuff's happened. What is like the craziest story that you can maybe tell if you can or not, but what's the craziest story that you think from a breakdown or anything? I mean, it'd have to be Charlie rolling the semi. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he jumped that semi across the median and landed on its side and smashed into a cliff wall yeah. in West Virginia <laughs> and oh. climbed out of it. <laughs> he climbed back into it to get his cigarettes. Cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And it, we were, we had the, we were using an app on our phones. It was like, Nextel. Zello. yeah, Zello. It was like Nextel where it chirps in. As soon as he rolled it, he chirped us and he was from, he was from Boston originally. So he had a thick Boston accent. And he was just like, I fucking rolled it. <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> he's like, I fucking rolled it, boys. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, he's like, slow down, slow down. Because we were behind him and it was really foggy. He's like, I'm crossed the whole road. Now, you know, hold the, <laughs> check the interstate down for like eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking. We were in a conversation with Charlie, all three of us. We yeah. Were talking, yakking back and forth for miles and miles and miles then all of a sudden charlie disappeared out of the conversation for just 30 seconds and then he piped back up i fucking rolled it <laughs> and we get up there and there's ye energy shooting out of the freaking trailer i i mean because we had at that time we had pallets of that shit yeah. in, the, in the back of the truck yeah it was yeah. just the stuff everywhere yeah. and they, he was perfectly across the interstate yeah straight across <laughs> yeah uh, i i'll send you a picture you can throw up somewhere on the screen because i we've got pictures of it uh yeah. when, when it was across the road and he just climbed right out of the windshield and he's like you know apologizing and stuff and we're yeah. like dude are you <laughs> yeah you could just kind of lay down on the side of the road if you want <laughs> crazy so how did you guys actually get into being bus drivers? You kind of told the story a little bit with Butch, but Bull, how did you get into being a bus driver? Uh, I was a tour manager. Well, I got into the music business by just doing, working for a, a, a rock band named Evans Blue. I was their tour manager for, I don't know, five or six years, but I just did it for free for like two years. I mean, just living off of $30 a day for food, you know? Um, and I sold their merch and just that, just kind of just got my foot in the door. Then people start other bands started hiring me like Taproot and um, 
some other some other rock bands. And then the last tour Evans Blue did, we had Dusty Granger's drummer. Uh, he filled in for our, our drummer in Evans Blue, and that's how I met Dusty and our old sound guy Frank. So yeah, that's what ended up happening. I ended up meeting Dusty and Frank. They said, "Hey, uh, Granger's going to be looking for a bus driver. Would you be interested?" And I said, Let, "Yeah, sure." And uh, I met him up at the machine shop one day. And he said, hey, January 1st, do you want to move to Texas? And I was like, sure. And that's, and I've been, that was seven years ago. So. That Texas, I don't know much about the Arkansas weather, but from Detroit, or from Michigan to Texas, it's a whole different change in that weather. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Like from Arkansas. Yeah. Really? yeah. Arkansas is just a little more, more muggy. Moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's blazing hot and they, you know, but we get, you know, my electric bill from the AC is just astronomical in the summer. And then it's like nothing the rest of the year. It's, yeah. uh, it's just summer. You just can't, you can't beat it. There's nothing you can do to make it better. <laughs> That's where people I talk to that like want to move down South, like a lot of them say Florida from Ohio, at least that I talk to. And I'm like, you guys realize like how muggy and stuff it is yeah. in Florida. Like it's, yeah. And it rains like every day at four four p.m. Yeah. just to make it even more muggy, you know. Yeah. yeah. But like that, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I hate the cold," and I'm like, "I mean, you get pretty used to it." Because I got yeah. my, the person I actually started this podcast with is from Texas. He's from right outside San Antonio. He was my roommate back in college, and it's just like him and some of the other kids that I went to college with because I played college football. And like you know, we got kids from all over the country. We got kids from California, Florida, all yeah. over the place. And they'll come up, and the funniest thing is always that first snow, because it, it snows, and it's like a little kid. They're like, "What is yeah. this?" And I'm like, "Dude, it, this is nothing." They're like, "It's so like it, even in the fall, they're wearing like their big winter jackets." And we're like, "Oh, <laughs> right. just wait until like the middle of winter, bud. You're, yeah. you're about yeah. to get a rude awakening." Yeah, that's that's a good thing about our job traveling is we get to get out of that heat and come up to like, you know, yeah, it's like 65 out, you know, it's just perfect. Do you, you guys know. ever have the problem, though, like where you're going to a show, like say you're coming from Texas to Ohio. I don't know how much you guys tour in like the winter months, but like when you guys come like to those kind of states that have the snow where you guys run into roads that are bad and does it oh, kind yeah. of set you back? Do you guys plan for that? I'm assuming. Yeah, we we try to. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the same way as breaking down, really. You know, we just know that it's going to add time. Yeah. That's all. And, and still, like, I don't. I think we've only been late a few times because yeah. of weather. You know, we we plan on leaving a few hours earlier or whatever we got to do. We watch the radar, and it, you know, it gets real bad when we're up here in the northwest when it when it, it, it mm. like we're coming back up here in November. In November. And we got to go over, you know, Snoqualmie and all these different passes. So, you know, we can't put chains on our buses because we can't remove the wheel well covers like, like, um, like Greyhound buses can and everything. Mm -hmm. So we have to carry change le legally, but we can't use them. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's like, okay, well, there's been situations where like coming out of Sacramento going over, uh, what's that? Uh, Vail, or no, not Vail, that's damn Colorado. Uh, oh, going over Truckee uh, to go into Reno. 
and I've had to just drive with no chains until they, you get to a checkpoint where they tell you to put chains on. I just have to pull over, wait for them to move the checkpoint forward up the road, and then drive until I get to that checkpoint again and stop. And I've just had to do that for hours and hours until they get the road clear enough and you get over the top and you can work your way down. So all this bus driver and all this stuff that you guys have been doing led the risky business. Did you guys just start risky business this past year? Uh, yeah, during the truck build. Yeah, yeah, we, we started not long after the, we started on the truck. Yeah, um, a couple episodes yeah. in, Granger was like, hey, people are starting to ask why you guys don't have a channel. <laughs> like, That's what I was going to ask. We don't even have social media. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask is why you guys ended up deciding to start Risky Business. Yeah, that, that was it. He that he just it. said, man, you guys could get a following quick if, you know, all these people that are watching you on my channel, you know. Uh, and it did, too. I mean, we got – we're almost at 10,000 subscribers, so um, – in a, within a year, we were at, it's because like I think it was a year in April, we were at about 8,000 or something yeah. in a year. Yeah, because of Granger's fan base, you know, uh, you know, 99% of the people on there found us through Granger, you know, not, not just randomly. Um, so, yeah, we're almost at 10,000. We're doing a big giveaway, Granger tickets to the show, meet and greets, merch package, uh, some other stuff I can't remember we got a big thing on our uh, Instagram page and stuff uh, so as soon as we hit 10,000 subscribers we're gonna just do a randomizer and pick somebody and concert of their choice and all that stuff um, and I think we're like 130 or 120 something away right now well there you guys go you guys heard it here on this podcast <laughs> if you're not subscribed already you got to go subscribe because now then you might have a chance to win some stuff so definitely uh, yeah. go and subscribe to risky business on youtube i love it because what i love about your guys channel is you guys are real like you guys are just you because that's a lot of things i feel like a lot of people anymore today try to be someone they're not you guys are just who you are and that's what i love about your guys channel yeah uh that that's by design yeah and i that, and I, to me to this day, it still boggles the mind why anybody would want to watch <laughs> my retarded self <laughs> say anything. I, I just don't understand. Yeah, you know, I think a big draw of our channel is just it's it's just the non-glamorous side. Everybody sees Granger like running up on stage and playing shows and fans and crowds and you know. And all that, but they nobody had a channel at the time, and I still don't think anybody does. That just shows how the hell you get there, all the stuff in between, all the problems. The you know what what we do through the night mm -hmm. while they're sleeping. Yeah. And we've had drivers from other crews and other bands and big tours come up and say, "Hey, don't stop doing that channel." He's like, "We love watching it." You know, it shows what we do for a living, and nobody does that. So Granger recognized that right off the bat. He's like, "You'd be the only guys that have it." He's like, "It's a you've got a unique market." You know. Yeah, I've never seen a bus driver. Sorry, the dog over here is playing with the toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm house sitting, and the dog last night I put it in cage, but I've been gone all day, so I was like, oh, I'll let you stay out. But it's uh, trying to get my attention. But that's what I love too. That's what I told Chris last night that I love about like Granger and Yee and everything because 
you get behind the scenes of everything. You got the E podcast, you got Granger, the Smith, his family, then you got his own podcast. And then you guys got risky business, Chris Gaines comedy, even like you guys got a behind the scenes of everything where a lot of people like didn't know what that kind of stuff's like. They don't, and, yeah. but, and they may have never thought to ask, but then once it starts coming up, it's like, well, what is that like? And then when you get to yeah. see it, it's really cool to see those type of people and what goes on behind the scenes. Cause I think what a lot of people think it's just all, I think when the people think of like artists, country artists, whatever, anything, oh, you, you know, they just live the life. Yeah. Which it's, they do. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, they don't, because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on. They don't realize yeah. how much effort everybody has to yeah, put into you, it. You would be surprised how many times we get asked if we're going to be at the show. Yeah. And it's like, do you have you not figured out yet that we are driving through the night, so we have to sleep sometime? <laughs> it's like, no, we're not going to be at the show. No, we're not going to be at the Granger meet and greet. You know, we're sleeping at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I saw uh, one of the people that went through the meet and greet had a risky business hat on. Which, oh, speaking yeah, of which, yeah. I ordered a risky business hat. I was hoping it'd be here yeah. in time. I ordered it too late. That was my fault. I no, you know, been what? thinking about it, but I just didn't get it out in time. I, I saw the order come through, and it's one of those things where we, they're print on demand, so they take like five days or so before they even get them printed and sent mm-hmm. out. Uh, where if like our AR shirts that we have and the Butch Lux shirts, we ship those from home, and our risky business flags now and stickers. Um, that all comes from my house and my wife ships that stuff out. So like, as soon as the order comes through, she can have it out the next day. But you know, this other stuff that's on our website, uh, butchandbull.com. By the I was going to say, where can people <laughs> yeah. buy some merch? Yep. Uh, butch, the letter N bull.com. Um, all, like we've got tons of stuff on there, but a lot of it's print on demand. So we don't have to have it sitting on a shelf at our house. So we, you know, we don't, we don't, we only make a couple bucks on it you know, per shirt because of print on demand. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, it's all like you said in the beginning, it's all going towards, yeah, it's all going either towards more merch or going towards new camera stuff or, you know, whatever, or it's just sitting in the bank for when we need something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. Like when I started, cause what I, I have shirts as well. And when I started them, I was like, you know, I could take this money. I was in college. Like I didn't have a whole lot of money at the time. I could take this money, but I'm like, I want this podcast to actually grow and be something. So I'm like, I'm just going to, I put it in a whole separate bank account and was like, I'm just going to leave it there for when things I need, like a new microphone, or eventually I'm going to get a nice camera to have. And it's, it goes right back. That's what I always try to stress to people when they're by. And that's why some people are like, I'm like, I thank them a lot for buying. And they're like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, you don't understand. Like it's helping me more than you think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have, we have like the, the membership program on our website that you can join. We, oh yeah, we got memberships where we, we give free shipping to our members. We give um, exclusive merch that you can't buy. We've got some, you know, some fuck Biden stuff on there and stuff that we don't have just announced on the main page because they'll freaking shut us down. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a membership section where if you, if you go in there, those members have access to that stuff as well as extra content. And, you know, we got like some blooper videos and whatever up there. Um, and we thank people like crazy. We're like, we can't believe you're paying five ninety nine a month. To, you know, and they're like, they may not even buy anything because we don't have anything new, but they keep paying because they're like, 
it doesn't matter. We're just trying to support your channel. Not, yeah. And, you know, me and Butch don't, we don't, I, we've never drawn any money off. Even our YouTube videos, you know, we might make a few hundred dollars a month. And it just goes into the bank, you know, to cover our subscriptions to like YouTube premium, QuickBooks, you know, stuff like that for our business. Yeah, and that's it. We, we've never drawn a paycheck or anything and we don't ever expect to. And we just still can't believe that people pay for, you know, to have a membership, but we appreciate it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And like, there's, <clears throat> I've thought about doing that, but I'm also, I still need to grow a lot more in order to do that. But I also look at it like I have some buddies too. You guys do a good job and that's how you keep the business running that. Yeah. And like, that's what a lot of people, I have some friends, like we all just kind of graduated college and they're starting to, you know, they're being their young and dumb self. I lucky enough. I have three older siblings. I'm around a lot of older people in my life that most like I have a few friends, but most of the people I hang out with are older. And like, I see for them myself and they tell me like, and I listen to it, you know, I talked about it. I've multiple episodes now when someone says something and you hear it from multiple different people, multiple different times, you should probably listen to it because yeah, it's probably yeah. beneficial <laughs> to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where Granger comes in with us when it comes to social media and YouTube. And, you know, he wants us to do a lot more how-to stuff because he thinks a lot of that would come up, you know, or they would do well, like the how-to videos. The problem is most of the stuff that we're going to fix is we're doing it in a hurry. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have time to set up cameras and make a good how-to video. You know, we're just showing you what we can in our videos and moving on exactly um, but you know we didn't have social media when we started this at all like i had canceled all my social media and i hadn't had it for years and i think i still had a twitter account but um it it was strange getting back into that that world because uh, i was up till 3 a.m last night just swiping you know, watching stupid videos and it's like, what, you know, this, I, this is why I got out of social media. And now we're supposed to be influencers and have all this social media. And yeah. it's like, ugh. but it, you know, I, we enjoy it. We enjoy the videos and stuff like that, but we try to stay off of our social media as much as possible. Um, I know you got to put stuff up there, but. And, and, and I'm very active with responding to people because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to ever just like be, you know, post something and then disappear. And it's like, well, why, if they're taking the time to comment on something, yeah. especially our videos, if they're asking questions and trying to communicate on a YouTube video, I'm going to respond or and Butch will go through on his own account and, and answer questions and stuff too. So well, that's the thing that keeps people coming back in too. That's what a lot yeah. of, one of the things I've learned, you know, the more you interact with your fan base, the more they're going to keep coming back. Cause I'll yeah. never forget like the first time that Granger liked one of my comments on the Smith videos. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you get that. It, just, it makes you want to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed till I commented on somebody's YouTube and they liked it. And I was like, Oh, that, they sent me an email said, oh, congratulations. You just got a like from, you know, the the channel owner or whatever. Yeah. So, it, like, it brings you back in. And that's one of the things I've talked on this podcast before. In my generation, in my opinion, social media has killed my generation. It has destroyed my generation because you look at 
what it does, like how many, like you said, you get caught in that scroll. Like I'd do it. Yeah. You get caught in that endless scroll where you're just looking and TikTok. I love TikTok. Don't get me wrong, but it is the biggest thing where you can just get caught there. Yeah. Spending hours just scrolling. And I yell at my girlfriend because I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, there comes a point. Like I almost set a time limit for myself. Like yeah. if I'm going to sit here on TikTok or if I'm going to sit here and look at Instagram reels and stuff, I got to like cut myself off because you can get caught in that endless scroll. And I yelled at her. She, I was like, get off TikTok. And she's like, why? I was like, cause you're getting caught in the endless scroll. Like you got to get off of <laughs> right? it. It'll never end. Yeah. You can't get to the end of the internet. <laughs> no, you really can't. But um, so I have a few questions that were asked. My friends asked me to ask you guys. One of them was the funniest touring story that you were at Liberty to say. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> Chris gave one last night where he talked about when he ate the edibles. That was, oh, his, yeah. <laughs> that was I his called story. an ambulance on himself. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've already oh, told like three of my buddies about it because that episode's not even out yet. And I've already told like three of my buddies about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we don't I don't have any stories necessarily like that. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, uh, give me a second to think about this one. Uh, we're always we're always just working. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean we've had some we've had some just listening to these guys talk while we're driving and they're just drunk behind us talking about you know everything. yeah talking everything from you know drunk people talk. <laughs> yeah talking about yeah talking about uh, you know things from space time to, to buttholes you know it's like <laughs> a big huge gap of things uh and it's it's always entertaining you know it's crazy the amount of stuff uh that goes on out here and mostly professional uh you know everybody knows they've got a job to do so it's usually the end of the night when they're all drunk and we're just waking up and it's like man just get the hell away from me so I can, so I can uh, do my job, you know, cause it just hanging all over you. And yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. we're best friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cats. yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just like herding cats. Yeah. Have you guys had where you guys had them puking on the bus? Is that a thing that happens? I'm assuming it's definitely happened. It used to now they're seasoned alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little practice in and know how to yeah. do it. <laughs> I remember a couple of times, Frank, our old sound guy, he, he'd throw up all over the toilet and, and then nobody would own up to it. And, but we knew it was Frank. <laughs> uh, and, uh, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty good about not having that issue anymore. Yeah, I mean, we've had like friends of friends that would come out, you know, uh, like Granger's friends. I won't name any names or anything, but like some one of his friends' wives, she threw up all over the back lounge uh, uh, toilet once, and Granger's back there holding their hair back and <laughs> throwing up all over the place, and. Uh, so yeah, it happens, especially people that aren't used to riding on a bus when they're drunk, because it you get car sick just like you would, you know, almost like, like in a, in a, a cruise Uber. or something. Because I heard yeah. people when they'll go get drunk on yeah. a cruise, and then that first night they're like, "Oh God!" <laughs> yeah, and that, that's actually happened uh, 
one funny story I, that I can recall of me on the road getting drunk like that was we were in New York City and we started drinking at like noon and just, I don't know, by 10 o'clock or something that night, I was just, just hammered dog shit, like in the gutter. And I was trying to figure out the subway map because I was leaving. <laughs> I was like, I got to get back to the hotel. I'm trying to figure out what subway to get on or whatever. And next thing I know, uh, Tyler just walks up to me, Granger's brother, and says, hey, buddy. He's like, I got you an Uber outside. And I was like, all right, man, <laughs> thank you. So I get in the Uber and just I'm like head hanging out the window like a dog, just hoping I wouldn't throw up in this guy's car. And he just dumped me off in front of the hotel. And then I woke up the next day and I'm like, well, now I feel like shit and I got work to do. So <laughs> I, try, I try not to drink too much while I'm on the road because it's uh, things that like next that. morning. It, I've yeah. already realized, even though I went to college and like, you know, you could wake up and feel perfectly fine in college. But it's like as soon as you graduate college, it's like, yep, no, nope, I have a hangover now. This is <laughs> yeah. awful. Yeah. The older you get, the worse it gets. Yeah. Uh, I get, like days. I said, I got three older siblings. My oldest sister's 38, I believe. And she's uh, she's told me, like, listen, it's just going to keep getting worse. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> right. Yeah. And if you work construction, you don't want to be out in that heat, you know, digging pools and, you know, no. uh, with, with a mean hangover. That's, yeah. That's uh, it I doesn't don't know matter. how these guys do it. No. The, the guys in the band and crew. They'll go, they'll go to bed hammered at 7 a.m. and they'll be up at 10 loading in. It's like, man, I just can't go do it. Well, <laughs> yep. I mean, when you do it enough, it kind of you get used to it in a way. Yeah. Another question from a fan, a friend, blah, 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 was drink or beer of choice? Not a lot. Yep. That's what I figured because that's what you guys normally drink. Then I was watching one video with a uh, bull and you uh, cracked open the last Coors Light in the Oh, bridge. yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, Coors Light showed up at the farm because Earl did a video uh, with a Coors Light in his hand and they dropped off a van load of Coors Light. So we just, yeah, so we just started loading up the fridge every time uh, we found a case laying around. We're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't drink beer out of that fridge unless you're Yeah, bowl. yeah, yeah. We say don't drink our beer, but it's the beer we yeah. stole from Earl. <laughs> I can't believe Earl left any beer laying around. That's yeah, just know, astonishing right? to me. Yeah, so much he couldn't keep up with. Yeah, it. yeah. You'd be surprised how many times we find full beers sitting out in the sun because they did like some sort of photo shoot with it. Mm -hmm. And then they just set it down and we're like, I'm like, there's two freaking beers sitting here that could have been drank. <laughs> that is just a waste of a beer. Who does yes. that? Yeah. Um, another one is if you could be anything but a bus driver at this point, what would it be? Oh. Hmm. Well, I went to college to be an architectural engineer. That I'm it's a little far from yeah i think i think uh if i were if i think I, the one tiny little regret i have is just not staying in the military because i'd have been retired from the military by now um yeah i could have retired at 38 and i'm 45 now so that's kind of a regret, and I think I would have liked to just have stayed in 
and seeing where it went from there or I could be dead, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I think that that's what I would have liked to be if I was going to be anything. I was on the radio for a little while. I went to school for radio broadcasting as well. So it's between those two, but regular radio nowadays is just garbage i can't even listen to the radio anymore that's why i was so glad when the radio came out i was like at least it's good songs consistently like yeah yeah. some buffer in between instead of commercials yeah you don't have to deal with that's the thing we listen you know we put put the radio on at work and stuff and it's like you'll listen to music for a little bit then all of a sudden like you realize like i feel like we've been listening to commercials for like 20 minutes yeah yeah because yeah. i think it's like 16 minutes out of the hour is is commercials it's like yeah. eight minutes every 30 minutes it's, it's, yeah. it's terrible yeah so i'm glad i didn't stick stay in that business but i really wanted to be at the time i mean it was uh just the end of the 90s and early 2000 and uh, I was on a couple radio stations and I thought it'd be cool, cool job to have, but uh, I'm glad I got out of it. <laughs> but back then, that's when music was also really good. Yeah. yeah. Now music, sometimes you look at it and you're like, I like country radio anymore today. I really struggle with. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very hard to listen to. Yeah. And it's, it's all, you know, without offending anybody, uh, if you have the last name or the, you know, the big name, you're automatically put on the chart at number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no, there's, there's no way to go up. It's just like, boom, Luke, Bryan, Jason, Aldean, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, boom, boom, boom. You got your top five and everybody else is down at the bottom, just picking up scraps. There's yeah. no way to get to the top, you know, um, even with record labels and everything, trying to push it, it's all politics and, and most of the, all of country radio is liberal as hell. Oh, it is. You know, because they're all the city folks dealing with it. You know, most artists are not, you know, but the the actual radio programmers and everything, they're they're just, it's literally, if, you, if Luke puts out a new song, it's just number one. That's it. It's crazy how like Luke or like um, Luke Combs even, or like yeah. Morgan Mullen, they release a song. And it's automatically in the top charts that day. Yeah. Like, how there, does there that? Is no, how does that even happen? It's because the radio programmers put it into heavy rotation immediately without mm-hmm. it being tested. Like something like Granger's might get put on at two at two in the morning, and start slowly getting more plays and get put on in the in the morning drive, then the afternoon, and then the evening, and then it gets into heavy rotation, um, and it takes months. By that time, he's already released another single or whatever. Yeah. With the with the bigger guys, it's like, boom! It might be number two, number three, and they just kind of swap spots. Whoever's in that top spot gets knocked down to number two, and and then it immediately starts dropping off the chart, and then they put out another one straight to number one. Exactly. And you know, country songwriters hate that yeah. because they when they like it's hard to make a living doing that nowadays. Well, right. And what happens is, is the radio, if if it starts at the bottom of the chart and works its way to number one, they make a whole lot more money because it was on the chart for a lot longer. Yeah. If you write a number one song with Luke and it goes number one, number 15, number 50, and it's gone within two weeks because he's already put out another song, then the, the, the writer that had that number one for a day 
or whatever it is, they only made a small percentage of money compared to if it was a if it was a fighter all the way up the chart. You know exactly, and that's why like I appreciate Granger's music, especially because like you one you get to see the behind the scenes, and I think that's why he's built such a fan base. In my opinion, is you look at one ye I, I talked about this with chris a little bit ye definitely helped him build a fan base because oh, yeah. that's where i fell in love with him was i already listened to his music a little bit but then i found ye apparel and i was like oh this stuff's awesome yeah. and i've had multiple girlfriends in the time but anytime a ye launch comes out they're like are you you're about to spend 150 bucks <laughs> and i'm like you yeah. know what i'm going to yes that's what i'm gonna do yeah. And yep. like my girlfriend now, I had the, my birthday just passed and I got the email, you know, you get a 20% off or whatever. And she, I was like, oh, I got this. I think I'm going to buy some yee stuff. And she's like, seriously? And I was like, <laughs> listen, it's my birthday. You can't get mad at me now. Right, right. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? The fall launch is coming out on in September. So I'll give it a little bit of time and I'll, I'll wait till the fall launch. Yeah. I've already, I've already sent a text to Caleb last night said, Hey, pull me out this, this, and this. It, so that way it doesn't get sold. Cause I've already seen what's coming out. And these are the three things I want, you know, because we represent our own merch. We represent, you mm-hmm. know, their merch, but that's all we wear. Uh, and Butch wears his uh, heavy metal shirts. And, but when you're a five X, you, you pretty much wear whatever you can find. <laughs> well, I can tell you this: you guys are both going to get a shirt, and I will promise there's a five X for oh, you. But I right, promise yeah. it will probably be the only five X we'll ever make. But I, I will promise that <laughs> it'll happen. Do. That's what we do. We get we get one made for Butch, and then the rest usually only go up to three or four X. Yeah, because uh, I mean, some of them are even hard to you know like the print on demand stuff they're like we just don't make it in a 5x you know uh but he either has to shop at a harley shop or uh ahmed the tent maker (laughs) another one another question from the fans was how much does it cost to fuel up one of your buses maybe not today because i know today is a whole probably different story but what does it normally cost to fuel up one of your buses i was gonna say if, if you're talking about texas or california <laughs> uh it's they're 200 gallon tanks right now it's costing about 600 bucks i'm, I'm so mad you said that though because my buddy i was just with them earlier we went and looked at a truck and he goes i guarantee you they're 200 gallon tanks and i was like i don't know and he was like i i, I'm, I promise you they're doing and i was like Okay, whatever. Yeah, two hundred gallon tank. Just like a semi, it's got one a uh, hundred on one side and a hundred on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's about we we put. I think the most I've ever put in it at one time in California was like six hundred and sixty bucks or something, maybe. Yeah, we norm like I say normally we stop halfway on the trip each time, so. We're not burning the whole tank. Yeah, we're yeah. putting three, four hundred in it. Yeah, usually it's three, four hundred a night. Yeah, every night. Yeah, yeah, in each one. Yeah, in each one. <laughs> and remember that there was one time I don't know if you saw this episode or not, but his his bus was so empty sitting at the farm that he we we were afraid he wasn't going to make it the six or seven miles to the truck stop, so we had him go to the little tiny weir store where we, you know, where we're at. And he put 212 gallons in, yeah. in, yeah. in a 200 tank. 
So it was literally. It's got a large feel now. Yeah. <laughs> it was running on vapor for sure. Yeah, it was running on vapor. <laughs> Another one. I'm pretty sure somebody that asked this one follows your guys' channel and everything. What do you think of the government? <laughs> like it's dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to see the shirt. Got to show the Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, we have those on our website. We've got some other, uh, some other uh, like America 2021 that has only the red states on it. Uh, so, so some other ones, but yeah, our government is is garbage. It's garbage. It it hadn't been it's been garbage for years and years and years. They don't give two dams about us. All they care about is our money. Yep. That's it. Everybody thinks that they care about them. Yeah, they, don't they care, care about our health and our yeah. safety. And no, they care about controlling us and and taking our money when you don't have a seatbelt on, or when you, you know, just like the the you know the the, the dingers in the trucks or in your personal vehicles telling you to put your freaking seatbelt on. Like you it, can't get away from them. No, no, it's crazy. There's yeah, that's so actually. It's actually funny you say something about the dingers and trucks. So I went, we went and test drove a truck today and I got in and it, it was an 01, but I started driving and it started dinging. And I was like, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. on, on Butch's truck, he, he got to learn how many times that it would ding before it finally does shut off. Yeah, it, it dings 60 times and then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> the 2014 Dodge Ram. Yeah. <laughs> I actually know someone that like every time they buy a vehicle, they go and disconnect that fucking wire and stuff. So yeah. they don't even have to worry about it. Like, and he actually had it rigged up, I think in one truck where he'd get in and he'd literally push his like seatbelt button and it turn off. Oh yeah. I don't know how he did it, but or what he did, but you, know, he... you can go on Amazon and find the little, you can buy the things that plug right into it. Yeah. That, that it thinks that your seatbelt's on. You get a seatbelt extender and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's called a, a wireless seatbelt. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. I got a couple questions that I like to ask all my guests, no matter what. The first one is, who is your biggest inspiration? I like to ask that question. This is a motivational podcast. This is a fun episode, but I still like to keep a little bit of the motivational self-help into it. So who yeah. is your biggest in inspiration? Oh man, <laughs> these are tough. I wouldn't be anything without him. He he has struggled and come from nothing and 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 made something out of himself, and he taught me a lot of what I know that helped me not be a sponge on society. So. That's my biggest inspiration. Yeah, I think, I mean, aside from my parents that had me when they were 15 and 16 years old and are still together, which is, a, I mean, unheard of mm -hmm. nowadays, um, uh, unless you're a reality show, the teen pregnancy. Um, I think, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, my son now. You know, like it, it completely changes your life when you have a kid. And I thought for sure I wasn't going to have kids. You know, I was like, well, I'm getting older. I don't think we're, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. 
and for what I do for a living, it was like, you know, I'm not going to be around. It's going to be, you know, it'd just be tough, but uh, I'm glad that we decided to have him. And, and he's a, he definitely has inspired me to work hard, make sure he's provided for when I'm gone. And, you know, it's, scares me to death <laughs> but uh you know if i just i just did a will yesterday on legal zoom because you know i gotta think about this stuff now you know it completely changes your mind frame so but he inspires me to uh live better and and try to uh, do the right thing now <laughs> yeah it's crazy that like both of those i look at the pops and I look because I looked we talked last night and and multiple episodes it's crazy what your old man your any like father figure in your life can do to shape you into who you are either learn who you want to be or learn who you don't want to be yeah and hopefully it's who you want to be but like you know you talked about coming for nothing not saying I was poor or anything like I came from I had everything I wanted but I looked at like my parents struggle and what they went through to have four kids and provide for us we never didn't have what we needed to have and they gave up things that they needed in order to give us what we needed because even my dad said tonight when my car my car had issues and stuff and he goes welcome to what I went through for however many years he goes I remember like you know your mom's car breaking down one night coming home working on it and then the next day my car breaks down then I'm just trying to fix up one of them to make sure that we have a vehicle to get you guys where we need to go Yeah. And then thinking back to like when the same thing, like my parents, they always, you know, they were so young. They had, I mean, we, we were poor, but we had a roof over our head and, but that's how I learned how to, you know, first of all, get a damn job, work hard, buy your own damn car, replace one tire. If you have to, you know what I mean? Like not, you know, now it's like, Oh, my tires are bad. I'm gonna go get four new ones, Mm -hmm. you know, but back then it was like, I had to learn how to do my own brakes, oil changes, you know, all that stuff. And that all attributes to, um, you know, what I do now, just, just common knowledge of mechanics. Uh, and same in the military, it was like, I was a diesel mechanic in the military and, and a paratrooper. So I would jump out of planes with tools, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and we'd set up motor pools and stuff and I, we'd be out there fixing stuff. And, uh, I just had, I remember when I went through my uh, my training for diesel mechanics in the military. It's called AIT, uh, Advanced Something Training. I can't remember now, but uh, I was really sick for like a week, and they said, "Well, you're going to have to recycle back and do this whole class again." And, and and I said, "Well, what was the class on?" And they said, "Brakes." And I was like, "Let me take the test." And I took the test and got like a 97% and I <laughs> moved on, you know, because I already knew because I, I had to do it, you know, at a young age by myself, you know, or with my dad kind of showing me too, you know. So once I <laughs> took that test, they were like, all right, then <laughs> I guess we'll just <laughs> keep stay with the same class, you know. Yeah, it, it is one of those things that I was glad, like my dad worked on his own stuff because I look at it. I, I now have to tell him though, when I'm working on things that I don't know necessarily how to do, cause he's still that old man that likes to try and come in and like, Oh, let me, and I'm like, get out of the way. Let me do it. <laughs> like if I'm doing right. something wrong, tell me, but let me do it and figure it out for myself because yeah. 
I want to know how to do it. I want to be able to teach my own kids how to do it eventually one day, because it is a very, like you look at how many people are out there that can't even change their tire. Yeah. And like, that is what, that's the first thing. Like I saw a video on Instagram or something one time where it was a coach teaching kids how to change a tire. And people are like, well, you know, what's the point? And I'm like, you don't understand what this coach is doing. This is more than just like sports. Yeah. Because I look at my coach from high school and I've said this multiple times now on this podcast where he taught me more about life than I realized. Like high school sports, don't get me wrong. We all want to win. We all think we're going to go D1. None of us are going D1 in my school, but that's okay. And like, we all think we're going to go do big things, but sports are eventually going to end to the point where you need to like have these life, let like life habits. And I, I almost put a shame on schools that don't teach, you know, we need a financial class in school. We need a auto body class in school. And that's one of the things, cause we have our, we call it C-Tech where it's basically people go to school the last two years of their uh, high school career. And it's, they learn like diesel mechanic or yeah. fire, like PT, any of these things that's more beneficial. And I looked at it. I was like, I wish I'd have done that because I'd have been better off. I'd have been able to go get a job right out of high school and not had to feel like I need to go to college to get a very expensive piece of paper that says I'm qualified. That doesn't even qualify you for a job anymore today. Yeah. Yeah. Not today. Like I I get when our parents were telling us to go to college because that's what you're supposed to do. I couldn't go to college. I didn't have the money and I wasn't a good athlete. So I went in the military, but um, I knew I had to do something because I was just on the wrong track. I was just drinking and doing drugs and, you know, just being a, you know, yeah, being a worthless. Oh, I've told my parents multiple times, if it would not have been for college football, I would have never gone through college. I'd have been a dropout because I, I drank. And I was an idiot. I like, you know, you're a college kid. You want to have your fun, but I don't, I don't, I'm that person that I had too much fun and not worried about my classes. Like we had class checks to make sure we were even in class. So like it forced me to go to class because if you weren't in class, you were running at 6am the next day and nobody wanted to do that. So you're like, I'd rather sit through this two o'clock class than run at 6am the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So another one that I like to ask and you guys somewhat answered it but i'm still gonna ask it is if you could go back in time and tell your 16 year old self one thing what would it be and i don't mean like change anything just like give a little piece of advice to your 16 year old self mine would have to be work for yourself um try do everything you could to uh, prepare yourself to work for yourself self-sufficient yeah that would be the biggest thing i would tell myself i i think i would i would probably tell myself don't fuck up your credit (laughs) 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 because my dad told me that shit all his friends told me that shit and i didn't listen and it, it took me till 2014 to get my shit right so i could buy a house you know it just and it sucks that that's just the way the world operates and, you know, or work your freaking ass off and have enough money to buy a house cash would be the best idea. But yeah, when you fuck up your credit when you're young, then you're just, you know, you're screwed until you finally say, okay, I have to get, I have to fix this because it ain't never going away. Yeah. 
one thing I would tell myself is buy a Walmart stock. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> but with that, that moves me into my favorite segment of this podcast, which is Motivation Monday. <laughs> Motivation Monday is where I allow the guests to give a little inspirational bump to the Roughnecks listeners as they listen on Monday morning. This one should be fun and it should be real and hell, it might hurt some people and I really don't give a shit because that's <laughs> in my generation, we get hurt, but at the same time, it's what we need. So what yes, do you guys, what does Risky Business have for Motivation Monday? Freedom is the cure. Exercise your rights. Get out there and handle your business and don't worry about other people's business. That that's nothing. There is nothing more important right now than that. A hundred percent. In the world we live in today, that is a hundred percent true. People yeah. are not understanding what a glorious right that we have in this country, like to be free. And we're starting without. I don't normally get this way, but without being too controversial, like we're starting to lose our freedoms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And people yeah. do we're not realize. We're not losing them. We're giving them away. Yes. Yeah, yes, because, yeah. yeah because people are complying. You need to just stop complying. Yeah. Remember, they work for us. Exactly. It might not look like it, but they do. They, they get paid with our tax money. That's what a lot of people, I think, do not understand is like we are the ones that are running them, essentially. They're the, yeah. the only reason they're doing what they're doing is because of us. Yeah. So if we... we Somehow or another, they got elected in and they'll never leave yeah. until they're elected out. Yeah. You know, it, it, there needs to be term limits. It's, oh, it's your life, live it. Don't let them live it for you. Oh, and 100%. Right, right and now, they are living it for everybody that will listen. Yeah. One of the big things that I like that you said is like, don't, or like, uh, I forget what you said now, but it was like, you know, be you don't worry about what other people think because in my generation, especially there's too many people that worry about and social media is the big thing yeah. where people worry about other people. And it's like the whole keeping up with the Jones, like yeah. stop trying to keep up with the Jones and just be who you are. I told my roommate one that this one time, I don't want to make a lot of money. And he's like, what? And I was yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I want to make a good amount of money, but I also fear what I become if I start making too much money, I don't want to be one of those people that I hate, that I despise because they it can, change. It can change you. Yes. And like, I like at the same time, I want my kid to grow up. Not, I don't want my kid to grow up in a struggle, but I want my kid to grow up realizing you got to work for what you want. It doesn't just get handed to you. You got to work for everything you fucking want in your life. Yep. And, and get them out. And when you do have kids, put them in the dirt. Yeah. don't yes. let don't walk don't sanitize them top to bottom and because then he'll have an immune system where he has to wear a damn mask yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah you got to just let you get like you said you got to you gotta live your life and don't worry about what other people think you don't worry about i don't when, when we're at home i'm not thinking man i wonder what butch is doing right now <laughs> you know what i mean i'm worried about what i got going on my family you know and i I don't care what other people got going on. And that sounds harsh to some people. It's like, 
okay, I'm sorry that you're going through some struggles. You know, I would love to help you, but I've got my own struggles. And so does everybody else. Now, if Butch said, hey, man, I need some help with something. Yeah, sure. I'm on my way. But I'm not sitting there thinking, I hope Butch is okay, you know, or just worrying about other people's problems. You have to live your life. Yeah. Because you're the only person that can live your life. There's no one else that's going to live it for you. And that's one, another thing that we talked about, like, you're the only person that knows you're lying to yourself. If you're thinking about other, like, Oh, I'm not worried about that. You could say that to somebody that would love to live your life for you. Yep. And they're, they're allowing, they're allowing the government to live their life for them. Like you look, I, the things you've seen on Facebook or social media and everything, like, you think you have it bad. You think you have a rough life. You could have it worse. Look at the people that are literally trying to, that are climbing on a plane that is already in the air, trying to get out of Cabal. Yeah. yeah. F- falling to their death because they'd rather die at the hands of the concrete than the Taliban. Yeah. People, you think you have it bad. That's what I've always said. Like anytime people come to me with problems and stuff, and that's why some of my friends, but that's probably why I have a very small friend group. But at the same time, the friends that I have, they realize like, I just had somebody text me today and they're like, Hey, I need advice. And I know you're always honest with me. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, cause, and I don't, I expect you guys not to do the same to me. Like if I'm being stupid and I'm thinking about this the wrong way, tell me, like, I want you to tell me because that's why I'm asking you. Cause I want real advice. I don't want you to tell me what makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's too many people out in the world that are just telling people things to make them happy and they are just okay with it. Well, yeah. And they end up being, you know, the, 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 the participation trophy generation, uh, you know, good job, you lost and you didn't do well, and you know, but here's your trophy. Like, you know, you gotta, you have to put, you have to instill some, you know, backbone in your kids and, and let them understand that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna lose sometimes and you gotta have that shitty feeling to know that when you win, it's a good feeling. Yeah, because that's one of the going off of that. One of the things we talked a lot on this podcast is, you know, you learn a lot more from those losses than you ever will your wins. Your wins will not teach you necessarily anything. Your losses teach you what you did wrong, what you need to fix, what you need to improve. Yeah. Yeah. You think you think of somebody like Tom Brady. He he wasn't number one overnight. He wasn't the best quarterback of all time overnight. He had to take beatings over time, you know, and shitty teams and 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 work his ass off at an age that he shouldn't even he shouldn't he damn near shouldn't be in the stands for that, you know, and he's still, you know, killing it. Yeah, and people are like, I, oh, why is he still playing? Because he still still feels like he has something to prove. Yeah, and and, and because he, he worked his ass off for it and he doesn't want to give it up. Yeah. And you look at someone like it's going off kind of the Patriots. Cam Newton just got cut today. And you know what? That's going to teach him a lot. Yeah. Like he was a starting quarterback. He was a great, like, I mean, a great, pretty good quarterback that just lost a job. And that's going to teach him a lot about, you know, maybe he got too comfortable. I don't know the details of it. Maybe he got too comfortable. Maybe he relaxed too much. And a quarterback, not Mac you, Jones, not the same Mac Jones. We're getting into football talk, but not saying Mac Jones <laughs> is the, the answer for Patriots. I don't really think he is. I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones, but it, it, he lost his job. 
and well, he's got to learn you from watch, it. You watch some of these athletes and they become personalities instead of athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they become, oh, well, I, you know, LeBron James, you know, I'm going to comment on political issues. Nobody gives a shit what you have to say. Go and play basketball, dude. Like, yeah. you know, and you're not oppressed. <laughs> you got more money than Bezos. Yeah. Sit your ass down and shut up. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes. And I, and Cam Newton was one of them dudes that just had that attitude like his whole time in Carolina. That's why they got rid of his ass. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my view of it. You know, I, I'm, I wasn't in the locker room when they cut his ass. But, you know, <laughs> just watching him on the sidelines with a towel over his head, like, don't talk to me and stuff like that. It's like, that's not how it's done, dude. That's not you somebody know? that I want to play with. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to be a team player and not be the – the, the toxic dude in the in the locker room or on the sideline. Yeah, like even when – same way in life. Yes, in 100%. Because even when I'd have a bad game, like I know I had a terrible game in college, if we won, that's what people were like – yeah, I was a little upset, but I'd also be – I'd still be celebrating. Like we won, yeah. all right? I'll fix my stuff later. We yeah. won. I'm going to celebrate with my teammates because I don't want to be that guy that people are like, oh, he, he's all about himself. And that's we got a lot of people in those in our world today where they're they care about themselves because I'd watch people. And that's where I tried to bring some of the freshmen up when they'd actually get to play and and they'd like be down like, oh, I didn't play great. And I'm like, listen, like you got four more years or three more years. Just take this as it comes. I said right now we are winning. Celebrate. I said, you want to sulk and stuff? Do that on your own time. Don't do it now. And then fix it over time. Yes. And like I've told them, like, you really think I came in my freshman year and started? No, I had to work my way up to it. Like it doesn't it doesn't just happen. Like you're going to make a lot of mistakes and that's okay. We live in a world that's afraid to make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. And they and they feel like if they make a mistake, somebody's going to fix it anyhow. Yeah. So, yeah, without them, you know, yeah. I don't need to fix it. The government's going to fix it or, or my mom and daddy's going to take care of it. You know, all that, all that kind of thing started with the Columbine stuff, you know, with those kids saying that they wouldn't allow their parents in their own garage while they're making pipe bombs. I'd have kicked that door in and whooped my kid's ass, you know, but. I can't so even imagine what my parents. parents have done if it been like, no, you can't come in. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I can't come in my own garage? <laughs> I'm the one paying the bills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was downhill from about that year. <laughs> it was after the 70s and, and 80s kids and the few that did did learn well and do the right thing <laughs> like you. Uh, you know, it's crazy. It is a very crazy world we live in, and that is for sure. But with that, that's a wrap on this episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. Thank you, Butch and Bull, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Where can people find Risky Business and you guys on social media? Okay, uh, most of it is uh, like Instagram, at Risky Business with Butch and Bull. Um, Same with Facebook. And then our actual YouTube channel, we couldn't fit that all on there, so it's Risky business with Butch Bull. Or you can just search risky business with Butch and Bull. You search risky uh, business, I promise it comes up. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Or you can go to butchandbull.com and that has links to every. Yes. Everything. 
Yeah. All of our socials are on there. The membership program, all of our videos, everything. Like I said earlier, definitely go subscribe because there's a giveaway coming. So definitely go subscribe. Definitely go buy some of their merch. Their merch, if you like this episode, if you're listening all the way through, then you definitely would like their merch. So go buy some of their merch because I just bought a hat and their, their, their merch is awesome. Definitely go check it out. Also, like I said earlier in this, the beginning of this episode, our sale is going on, the Roughneck sale. Purchase some Roughnecks merch. Get Do some it. stuff. I don't know what all we have for sale because I'm still trying to figure that out as we are recording <laughs> this. But I know we will definitely have T-shirts, long sleeves, sweatshirts, I believe. Hopefully, as I believe we'll have sweatshirts. First sweatshirt, I'll be giving one of those away. I would have gave one away last week. So definitely go get some of that. Like I said, it all goes back to the podcast. And like with Risky Business, it goes back to them. It doesn't go to them. So definitely go purchase some of that. But I really appreciate you guys coming on. But like every week, we have this slogan on this podcast. It's called Grab the Bull by the Horns. And by Grab the Bull by the Horns, we, it, it is we are the bull rider. The life is the bull. We're going to get knocked down. That bull is going to knock us down. But you can't let that bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Until next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.